Stories are, are pretty formulaic when you think about it. As long as we know a few pieces of information, we can write a story that resonates at a human level, but we now need to personalize it to resonate at an individual level as well. So that's a really unique thing that we weren't able to do before, but now we can see all these examples like Carvana sending videos that are personalized to their car owners or folks that have sophisticated CRMs. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast here on the B Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E-I-L. TV. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college and university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Artist Kadu. Artist is an entrepreneur, technologist, AI fanatic, and CEO at Element 451. Element 451 is AI-powered CRM for student engagement. It empowers admissions and enrollment teams to work more efficiently as they develop stronger, more personalized engagements uh, with prospective students. In this episode, we're talking about uh, personalization, specifically in uh, in storytelling using AI. Uh, and we'll dive into this uh, really cool video that, that artist uh, turned me on to uh, from Carvana, which sums up the power of personalization really well and possibilities with AI. Um, we'll also have some bonus uh, content from this episode come out in our weekly newsletter. So make sure you're signed up for that because it won't be available anywhere else. Artists, welcome to the show. It's great being here. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, awesome. So tell us, um, I always like to start off the, the show by asking, what's something that people would be surprised to know about you? I'm sure a lot of people know you. A lot of people that I know uh, <laughs> know you. So what would be something that they that they might be surprised to know about? Um, I don't know about being surprised. Um, I have, um, I've had a, a, an interesting kind of story around... Um, forming the company and and kind of immigrating here to the US. So I'm not I'm not a, a US native. So I mm. only got my um so I've been here for uh about 20 years or so. But yeah. Where are you from? Uh I'm originally from Albania. Okay, cool. Um tell us a little bit about uh, Element 451. Give us just a brief primer for people who uh haven't heard of you guys. Yeah, Element 451 is a uh, AI-powered CRM. Um, we essentially take care of the whole engagement layer of um, student to school interaction. So everything from top of the funnel marketing, uh, email communication, SMS messaging, application management, um, even current student engagement with things like AI bots and um, and copilots. So Element is that full life cycle 
uh, CRM that a school can use for all of their constituents. Awesome. So a lot of um, personalization opportunities in there. Talk a little bit about um, personalization. I think we all know that personalization is really important. And, you know, there's kind of like surface level personalization, which is like, okay, first name, you know, that kind of thing or the company name <laughs> or something like that. Like, uh, but, but why is it important to maybe go a little deeper than that? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, um, the, the word that everybody loves the most is their own name. So, so <laughs> when you're, <laughs> when you're putting somebody's name, when you're calling their name, um, that resonates with us. So the familiar and the trust aspect of something that's familiar to us, we interact with other humans and other people. And the way that we build that trust is by a common and shared, um, you know, experiences or shared knowledge. And if you know me and I know you, then you know something about me and we kind of trust each other. So, so that's why, um, like recommendations or, or, um, introductions by friends, it's like, an, <laughs> the whole the whole star system right the whole recommendation system that we're so used to right now it's it's all about trust so that's when we think about personalization it's all about okay i know something about you and i want to feel that i know you so you can trust me so we can get past that hurdle of essentially um uh, you know the, the shutdown, right? Because as, as consumers, yeah. we're being bombarded so much with information and so much with, with offers and things like that. So our minds are really shut to any new uh, interaction. So when we see that somebody else knows us or we see those signals of trust coming in, then we open up to the actual message of what's on the other side. Yeah, I find that to be true. Like, I, I feel like I don't ask for a lot when it comes to like people, you know, reaching out to me cold because I get it. Like, you know, as a business owner myself, like, you know, you got to put food on the table. You got to you got to go out there and get some business. Yeah. But I'm just kind of like I'm I'm looking for signals of like, did you even spend 10 seconds, you know, on my right. LinkedIn profile? Did you anything or are you trying to dupe me into thinking that? you've researched me like I can always tell is like I'll get these emails it's like I'm so impressed by what you've done in the music industry and I'm like what? where did you get that I don't somehow I, uh, there must be an unveiled is that a the keyword music. that you have or something yeah I I have nothing to do there's some sort of Spotify something connection with music industry uh and I'll get these all the time and I'm like uh, you clearly are lying exactly <laughs> um so, but yeah, I think, you know, we can all agree like personalization is really important and, and, you know, from a higher ed perspective, doing outreach to students and things like that, you know, like you said, the first name, you know, there's some like little merge tags that even just in, in email that you can personalize, but when it comes to personalization in general, whether it's web content or whether it's emails or video or whatever, I think if anyone's like me, the struggle is how do you do that at scale? Right. Um, right. So talk a little bit about like maybe ways that um, are happening at scale right now that people can implement. Yeah. I mean, when you're sending stuff out, it's all about uh, you mentioned like those merge tags. So you have a piece of information in your database and you're kind of trying to merge it. So it becomes personal to that particular record or person. 
However, um, there is no editorial, there's no generation of story there. So it's, it's, it's very templatized. So which is great for, you know, the way that our systems are built right now around retrieval, right? So we retrieve information from somewhere, we, we put it together in a template, and then we send it out. Now, the only way that you can do that personalization where it's unique to each person is by, you know, writing it or, or changing it human-based as of maybe a year ago, right? Or maybe as of six months ago. Yeah. With generative AI, that has completely flipped on its head how we can now generate content based on those data points that is as good or even better than what a human can do. And because those machines and because um, those models can can run 24-7 and, and they don't get tired of, of writing the you know, variations for, for hundreds or even thousands of people, um, we can now scale that infinitely or we can scale it to our whole uh, databases of people that we're reaching out. So it's changing the compute and the, uh, the personalization engine from a, I'm going to retrieve something about you and I'm going to merge tags to I'm going to retrieve and generate mm. something that is unique to you. So that generation part is very, very new and something that we're seeing in email, text generation, audio, video, whole lot of different modalities of content. Of course, it's a lot easier with text right now. Right. Absolutely. Um, that's why I'm I'm excited to talk about the Carvana thing, but I, I do want to talk about like, uh, you know, in our earlier conversations before we started recording, we're talking about the, um, the opportunity for storytelling. And yeah, when you when you know something about an organization or a in, in this case of higher ed, a prospective student, and you can tell a specific story that that they're going to resonate with, that's super powerful. Um, you know, that's why we have like, you know, you have like case studies or something like that. If you're just a, if you're like a B2B or something like that, because you have all these kind of different examples of, you know, you go to, into a sales meeting or something and go, okay, you know, they have this problem. I'm going to share this story with them in the case of like prospective students. Like, how do you see that like playing out in terms of like storytelling to in uh, personalizing a story to say a prospective student? You know, that's very hard. Actually, last week I had a conversation with my marketing sales team and it's like, okay, we need to put together a bunch of case studies. You mentioned case studies and yeah. it's like, okay, well, give us the personas that these case studies are going to, and then we'll put them together and we're going to, you know, put together one sheeter or something. And it's like, whoa, that's such an old way of thinking about it. And, and it's like, that's going to change. Like the person that you're talking to has a very different, um, you know, uh, intent of why they're doing what they're doing and why they're talking to you or what their mo what their motivations are. So the combination of all those different things, you're going to give them something that's going to be a little bit more generic, right? So case studies need to tell a story which um, is very specific to the person on the other side, right? And the combination of 5, 10, 20 different variables that you have as pieces of data is going to, you know, derive you... Um, 400, 500, 600 different variations that you're going to need combinations that you need to come up with, right? Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. So the only way that you can um, kind of do that is by using technology and, and kind of telling a story that is going to resonate the most with that person, right? 
um, by knowing what's important to them and by retrieving certain pieces of information, then you can write that story. I mean, stories are, are pretty formulaic when you think about it. They're mm -hmm. like we, we've written stories now for hundreds or thousands of years. Um, we know what, you know, how to write really good stories. They're very formulaic. So, you know, as long as we know a few pieces of information, we can write a story that resonates at a human level, but we now need to personalize it to resonate at an individual level as well, right? So, mm -hmm. so that's, that's a really unique thing that we weren't able to do before, but now we can see all these examples, like you mentioned, for example, Carvana sending videos that are personalized, and we'll talk about that, to their, to their car owners or, um, or you know, folks, for example, that have sophisticated CRMs sending communications that are specific to what the person um, is studying, plus where they live, plus um, what pages they viewed on the school's website. And by sending those communications, and weaving in the content that's specific to what the actions is that they did, that's essentially putting a story together, right? Right. So a series of pieces of content that tell, you know, that are written in a specific sequence are telling a story. It might not necessarily be uh, a movie story or something like yeah. that, but it's actually telling a story of intent, mm -hmm. right? The person has an intent to enroll or has an intent to apply or something like that and they're following a particular journey i mean you can call it a journey as well uh, but it's again like the, the how you help them along that journey that's that's the story uh, a here you know the hero's journey for example it's like when you position a product as kind of the the guide rather than the hero right. like mm -hmm. you try to do that and and the school Traditionally for us, when we market a school and we talk about it from our marketing perspective, we think about a school being or the student being the hero of the story. The school is never the hero, right? The school is always the guide. So the hero is your Luke Skywalker, right? And then you have um, Han Solo being the guide trying to, um, uh, trying to guide him along. And they're always at the right time giving them advice or pushing them to the next um, kind of piece of the journey. And, and that's how you position yourself, right? That's how the brands position themselves as, as kind of guides rather than heroes. And heroes are always the consumer or they're always the student. Or um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's an interesting way that we have thought about it in the past. And we're like, well, how, do we, how does Element as a, as a tool fit into to that story? Right. Um, I'm like, we're not the guide. We're certainly not the guide. Well, we're not the hero. So how, how do we position ourselves? Um, You're like the guide the to the guide. <laughs> we can be the light. We're the tool, right? We're the, we're the magical tool, the lightsabers, and we're the you know, that, that is helping the, <laughs> the guide. Um, we, we're the tool chest, so to speak, that that's helping right. them, um, provide what, what the hero needs. So, um, it, it's an interesting exercise to think about where you fit in, in, in the consumer's mindset. I've tried to watch Star Wars. So I don't know much about it, but I can confidently <laughs> say what 
good is Luke Skywalker without his lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, a couple of few years ago, you know, everyone makes these uh, New Year's resolutions, and I my resolution was to try to watch all the Star Wars. Uh, the whole Star Wars series. Um, and then I got really overwhelmed because everyone has an opinion about what order you're supposed to watch them in. Yep. 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 <laughs> and then I watched, uh, so I ended up watching the very first one that like chronolo- the first one that ever came out. Um, and I was just like, I kept having to ask my wife, like, what, what is happening here? <laughs> I'm like, I have such a squirrel brain. I'm like, I have to like rewatch things. And, and I was like, all right, one is enough. I did, I did the first one and then <laughs> we didn't go, didn't go anywhere. We're probably going to get some hate mail for this, but yeah, it's you know, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, in that, that hero's journey, it, it really is like, you're speaking to what they want. And I think that that's the. Yeah the temptation that every marketer faces is to talk about the product, which is, uh, you know, jump right to the solution, uh, before addressing like, what does that person want? And it's in that desire that that person has that makes them the hero. They're, they're trying to achieve something. They're the ones overcoming, uh, obstacles, uh, you and your brand, uh, are either guiding them or you are the tool that's helping the whatever. Um, but you're not the hero, you know, um, and the, yeah. uh, the opportunity for personalization really, I think really is, is strong there. And I think like, for me, I do a lot of outreach, you know, I'll reach out to people on, on LinkedIn and I'm like, I, I like genuinely want to get to know, you know, this person that th- whose profile I pu- I pulled up and I'm like, I wish there was a way where I could know like deeper things about, you know, what they've written about in the past or what they're trying to do or something like that versus just what you can find on their LinkedIn profile. And half the people aren't even active on LinkedIn. So it's just like where they went to college and, you know, where they, where they worked last. But yeah, it's like, if you could combine that, like, here's the journey that, that you're on and, you know, the AI like knows that journey, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. somehow. And then you can plug your product along that journey. That seems insanely powerful. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's an area where there's so much software being developed right now around behavioral marketing. So it's like we had behavioral marketing before where it's like, hey, I, I know what your behaviors are, like what you did, how many posts you, you posted, what's the content on those posts. But you needed a human to synthesize all of that before. Mm-hmm. And and the AI was there, but it was all about machine learning. It's like, okay, you did this this action. The next action is going to be this and this. However, there was no ability to provide personalization on the nudges, on the content itself, and 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 to to essentially provide personal personalized outreach to say, okay, um, hey, I know what you're doing, but here is something that I know about you, and and this is actually content that's for you unless a a human wrote it or a human Mm -hmm. produced it now we're able to do that without a human in the loop which brings us back to the generation part is what is new and what is so exciting today is that we're able to generate content that is complete and send it to the user to get them to do the things that we mm-hmm. wanted to do which is great man it's it's uh, i haven't been more excited about the generation part since um 
we figured out, um, I mean, when we launched Element or when we launched the product, it was all about personalization. It's like, okay, we have all of this email communication flows. Um, you needed so many different permutations of the emails to change. We figured a way to do it more dynamically. So all you had to do is change the little snippets of information and content and areas and images. So you can kind of dynamically move those in and out. But, mm -hmm. but somebody had to write and build those. But that was really exciting. This was like 10 years ago or you know, five years yeah. ago, seven years ago. Now we're building um, what we're calling kind of these AI blocks. And essentially somebody can write an intent of a prompt in there. And rather than the you writing that paragraph or writing that image, it's going to change it depending on what information or tokens you're putting in for that student. So if you're saying write a message about their program um, and tied to how can this be impactful in their location or their city, like that is super important because now when the email goes out, it can pull together the program of interest, which can be, let's say, engineering or, or mechanical engineering, and you can pull together the location, which can be, let's say, Michigan or Detroit or whatever. And now, because of those two components, the AI is going to give them something that resonates with them around, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be something automotive or, or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But um but you know what I mean? But if it was a different location, if it was, let's say, the, the, the Southeast or, or California or whatever, like that would be different messaging. Yeah. So it's, it's so exciting because that's new. That's very new. Yeah. I've been uh, editing a lot of, I've just been in like year end deadline, you know, edit for edits mode lately. Um, and I saw the, the music company that I, that I pull my soundtracks from uh has implemented like an ai uh, search function which is amazing because as uh i mean if you know any video editors they would say that's the most tedious part of the process is finding the right song <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and then you do all that work to find the right song and then the client uh decides to change the song <laughs> um but i was able to just be like you know i'm telling the story of this person she's talking about this i want the song to kind of be like this and it pulled a list. I'm like the first, the first two, three, four of them were like spot on. And I was like, this is cool. I mean, that's simple, you know, just a simple use of AI, but even just the ability to give it context for what you're doing rather than exactly. having to, sp having to give it, I want a song that's light and beautiful and, right. upbeat, you know, cause that just, you that's how you used to have to search for music was you you check these filter marks and you know every site has different labels for those yes, and exactly different different exactly. interpretations of what beautiful means or what upbeat means um so it's it's really amazing um hey wouldn't it be wouldn't it be really nice if you actually just feed it the script and you can tell generate music that you know that goes along with this script yeah yeah, that would be, be pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. I am excited for I know I've, you know, some some video people are are nervous about about AI in the video landscape and being replaced and all this stuff. But I'm excited because I think it's those it's those kind of tools that help me get to the fun part faster. You know? Yes. <laughs> 
it's yes. it's like it's like yes i can go through hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of interview footage and eventually pull a story together that's good but if i can like kind of just give it some direction you know mm -hmm. uh, some ai tools some direction and say this is kind of the story arc that we're going for you know this is what the client uh you know this is what their goals are you know blah 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 give it some keywords and then boom like that's that's like i'm like praying for that to come through because like that's that just takes the most tedious part of the entire process like going through these transcripts and and listening yeah. through interview footage and stuff to get to the part where okay now we're building something now we're now we're putting visuals in place and we're and we're moving things around and we're, and we're cooking with with gas here or grease whatever so that that is really interesting i think i think a lot of people you hit on on one interesting area where a lot of folks are a little bit afraid of the automation or it's like, well, I do that now. Like what's going to happen to me, right? And they're not looking at it from a value creation perspective. It's like as a customer, I'm hiring you to provide me an end result or a product or an outcome for that matter, right? And if it takes you two minutes or if it takes you, you know, uh, 50 hours, like I, I, I value this thing a certain way. And if you can get it a lot done a lot faster, then you can do a lot more with your time and you can do a lot more. But 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 this idea of hourly, um, thinking about it as an hourly output um, can be a little bit tricky as, as we kind of transition, as we start working on different um, different types of work, right? It's like, it's about the the outcome and it's about the value that you're creating rather than how much time you put into producing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that whole value-based value based thing is, uh, is, yeah, versus just like, I'm going to take a long time on this because I have to justify the, <laughs> you know, what, exactly. what we're charging or something like that. But it, yeah, if I can get stuff done faster, I can provide so much more value because I'm like, all right, let's do more with this footage, you know. Quick break here to tell you about a thing that all the cool higher ed marketers are doing. They've all subscribed to the Higher Ed Storytellers Digest. It's my weekly email newsletter where I unpack practical tips, insights, and inspiration for creating more emotionally resonant content for their institutions. And guess what? I think you're cool and I want you on the list. Past newsletters have featured stuff like the anatomy of viral content. What makes a piece of content spread like wildfire? Also, examples of really compelling user-generated video content coming out of other institutions and getting a lot of traction on YouTube. We've also talked about how emotional content isn't just being sappy all the time. There's a variety of emotions that your content can speak to that can inspire a prospective student to take the next step with your institution. And so we've unpacked that. We've shared exclusive mini podcast episodes uh, and bonus content that you can't get anywhere else but the newsletter. We've, we've shared workflow tips for using AI to aid in content creation, all kinds of stuff that we unpack in this newsletter. And on more than one occasion, I've treated my entire list to free Starbucks. I make no promises, but just saying, it's been done twice. 
You'll also stay up to date on the latest episodes from this podcast. So if email is a better way for you to subscribe to a podcast, this is the way. So head over to unveiled.tv newsletter and sign up. And when you sign up, you'll be given immediate access to all the previous editions of the newsletter. So you can binge the various topics that we've touched on and links and resources we've shared, all that stuff. So do that unveiled.tv newsletter unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Okay, back to the show. All right, so speaking of video, Carvana. So you turned me on to this this video. I watched it uh, this morning prepping for this episode, and I was floored. And so there's many, obviously, it's personal. So there's many versions of this. <laughs> there's like 43 million or 43,000 different, you know, people that they sent this to. I'll never forget the day we met. I was so excited. It was March 31st, 2022. Everyone was posting their Wordle scores. Whoa. It was National Crayon Day. That's wild. Spring had finally arrived. And you and I were both in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Gosh, we were just kids then. It was a wide-eyed and innocent 2015 red Hyundai Sonata. And they had just told me the name of my new owner, Giovanni. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Pure language is tricky, but I love it. G, giraffe, great gears. Those things are so fun to ship. I know this is crazy, but do you believe in fate? I mean, out of Carvana's millions of cars and tens of millions of online visitors, you picked me. Me. Look how many of us there are. Whoa. Even before you chose me, I was already dreaming of everything we do together. Driving along the coast, looking out at the boardwalk, or maybe you take me to New York so we can get stuck in traffic together. But to be honest, it didn't really matter what we do so long as I'd be doing it with you. Carvana is celebrating our millions of customers. But this isn't just the story of that. This is about the millions of stories that came out of it. Like our story. You and me, pal. I'm your sidekick, your wing machine, your home away from home. I'm your car. And I'm glad we're on this joyride together. Uh, for people listening, so Carvana, you sell your car. I think it's the one where you sell, they'll come pick it up and... Yes. You know, you can, you can sell a car, you could buy a car on Carvana. Uh, so what they did is um, everyone that bought a car, you get this like personalized story, which was, it's like from the, for the one that I watched is like from the perspective of this 2015 Mazda sedan or whatever. And it's like driving down the road and it's just like, remember the day that we met, you know, people were, uh, you know, and it was, has some inputs, like what was happening on that day that you bought that car, which is like, in general, oh, people were sharing their Wordle, you know, scores and, uh, you know, yeah. and it was National Cram Pizza Rat day. was a thing, right? <laughs> if you're yeah. in New York City, yeah. Right, right. And, and then it just kept going and it's, and then it had like a location thing where it's like a location specific um little touch point which was like and then and then the sign changed to say like oh you bought this in new york or whatever here's what was going on anyways so if you're listening we'll i'll link to some of these in the show notes um but i just thought that was amazing and um 
I was trying to dissect how they would do that. Give me your thoughts on like, how could that even be done? You know, if, if you were to like reverse engineer what they did, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they have a pretty good, um, I think there were some articles around like how they did it, but if you think about it, we go back to the templatization of a story. So, so that you have a story and you want to tell this story and you're, you're making it pretty generalized. It's like, okay, I want to make a connection with you. So I'm going to provide some personalization there around things that were happening in the world around dates and times, right? So you're mm -hmm. anchoring around dates and times, and then you're going in and you say, okay, here's a bunch of keywords around those dates and times, pulling them from news articles, from news headlines. So that's what they did. They went into Google News and then they said, for every day over the last five, whatever years, give us the five or 10 uh, social headlines that were in the news. So now they pull together uh, the headlines from Google News and they say, okay, now that, that's, that's relevant. Um, the location or where the car was picked up and where the destination was, they already had that. They have that in the database. So that's something that they started already with the database. Like that's that's proprietary information that they had. So now they can kind of pull that out and and start creating uh, an image that it's a little bit relevant to that. Um, the way that they did it in order to create all these different images is that um, I'm not sure if they created them before or they put it together after, but they they generated they used generative AI and to to kind of create all these different images. So they used a version of Dali or I forget what else, but but essentially they you put in keywords of different things or you put in the the, the text and then you generate that image uh, of the thing. So so now they have a massive amount of. For every person or for every location and every day, they have um, like the news, they have the different locations, they have um, the different destinations, right? So when you go past in the highway, they have the sign of what what city they're passing by or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they have the, the car as well because you see the car in there. So they had to have the make of the car and the color. So they had variations on all these different makes and colors as well. So they created a massive library for each one of these different variables that they're changing, variations for each one of those. And then when they're putting the story together, they're saying, okay, John you know, did it on this day, and this is the the make that he did that he had, and here's the destination that he went to, um, and and now we're going to build a personalized story based on replacing the variables uh, in this template with John's variables, and because we have created all of the, um, you know, all of those assets before, which is hundreds of thousands of assets, we're going to dynamically create that video for them and render it. So we're going to put all the edits, right? So it's like just, just swapping all the edits together with the right assets um, and then creating that that video. So so that's a really, um, it's, it's a very hard to do, right? Because now you have, like I said, thousands of, of different permutations or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But they pulled it off, right? I mean, they pulled it off and the value that the customer got out of it and the the goodwill and the marketing um you know juice they got out of it was was incredible it was cool because it I, like i felt something watching it you yeah. know it was like <laughs> yeah. this personification of a car it was like the car talking 
talking to the buyer as if they they now have this special like they adopted a child or something like that you know and it was exactly um, exactly that's the story part right and that's yeah that's that's like the hallmark of like really getting to the emotion of why people buy a car to go on adventures to go you know yes to you spend so much time in there and it, it mentioned like um getting stuck in in uh like new york traffic or something like that you know <laughs> he's like we'll yes. get stuck in traffic together and uh you know it's just like this and people it's like almost tapping into that where like people name their cars too you know <laughs> and uh it's super cool because i've experimented with runway ml it's uh you know the, the video ai video creation yep with like very poor results it's it's rough it's rough out there <laughs> and i was impressed yeah. with like you know for people for people listening um we'll put one of these videos in the actual uh in the actual episode here so you can at least hear the script and if you're watching on video you can see the video but um to explain the video part they really leaned into the AI look, I, th- I feel like, because I think, mm-hmm. I think what's tough about any application, any new sort of application is trying to fit that application's output into, um, into the old way of doing things. The yep. Yep. new wine and old wineskins or something like that uh, from the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and so for me, like, I, I think, I think it was really about like struggling to get it to look like real video, like real cinematic video. And then it's kind of like, Oh, wait a minute. Like let's embrace the style that it's putting mm-hmm. out and let's, let's kind of try to guide that style a little bit. And I thought I just was amazed at like, how would you even quality control that? Cause all the scenes, blend together just so seamlessly and i would be i would be afraid to like send something out that was like embarrassing you know like some some (laughs) no mishap you know in there i'm sure they're not (laughs) showing you the mishaps i'm sure there's yes there's some mishaps in there for sure but um you mentioned runway ml last week there was something really interesting uh pika 1.0 was released and um, they're not, that's another platform that does video gen- text to video generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of folks are saying, is this the chat GPT moment for video generation? So Pika, Pika 1.5, um, sorry, 1.0 um, is really good at producing uh, video. Um, I don't know how long it is, but the quality has gone so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, with Pika as well. Uh, to your point around leaning in to the output, it's very similar to, if you remember, um, a lot of folks were trying to produce very highly product or high, highly produced videos for social, right? Um, mm-hmm. And essentially the videos who were getting the most engagement were the um, you know, were the authentic, like what we call authentic, right? There's not really authentic, yeah. but, <laughs> but basically the one shot from a cell phone, the, you know, the, the, the nine by 16 aspect ratio rather than 16 by nine. So like y- you had that look that kind of matches the medium and matches um, kind of the expected output. You're not trying to fake it, right? You're not having this really nicely produced videos on social to, to kind of get somebody, it's like, oh no, that's an advertising one. It's like, I'm not gonna pay attention. Yeah. So there's a trust aspect to that as well, right? So the the, the content needs to fit in the medium as well. So um, 
I can see that happening now where over the next six months to a year, as we produce this AI generated stuff, story is going to be very important and people are not going to pay as much attention to the actual quality of the uh, of the asset or of the, the visuals, but they're going to care about the story as long as that story. And then it's going to get better and better and better with images and so on and so forth. But mm -hmm. but it's going to be, there's going to be a, a period of time where if you pass it off for high quality stuff, it's like you go through that uncanny valley, so to speak, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's fake, but at the same time, it's just like, like it, it better be really fake or it, it not it, if it's very close to human production or but not quite there like our our mental model like our our minds actually um reject that and, and have an adverse reaction to it right like we yeah we we don't appreciate that if it's close enough but not quite there like we see that as a bigger negative than if it's like completely messed up and <laughs> right. not messed up, but like completely yeah. cartoonish, so to speak. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I tried uh, going vegan um, for a period of time. And the one thing you notice trying to go vegan is all the foods that are trying to they're forcing veganism into like junk food. Like you're trying to like take like normal food and then make a vegan version of it and it's like vegan brownies vegan pancakes <laughs> ve like you're just like it's like maybe maybe let's just embrace like let's not try to <laughs> force you know yeah uh vegetables into everything let's just like kind of have its own category over here <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah I'm, I'm no longer a vegan i couldn't do it i like cheese too much <laughs> <laughs> Same, same wine and cheese, of course. Yeah. But I think that's cool. Like the, the personalization opportunities coming down, the coming down the line for video, uh, you know, AI generate generative AI for video. I imagine like, what if you could feed it, feed AI, some AI app, like key landmarks from your campus. Cause one thing I notice shooting video for a lot of schools, everyone has like, kind of like, Oh, this this is an iconic spot right here, or an iconic building, mm -hmm. or an iconic courtyard, or whatever. Um, having a library of those kind of uh, templates or whatever you can start with, feed it that, um, and then ha it have the ability for it to create videos based on where that student might want to hang out, based on content they've consumed or something like. Oh, we see you've been watching all these like white noise asmr videos on on youtube so maybe you'd want to come <laughs> hang out at our law library where it's like the most relaxing place you've ever been in your life <laughs> you know um i i can see that being that being really cool um i've tried i've tried to play around with that i've tried to take like let's take an iconic building from a school i was working with and then i fed it into runway ml it didn't didn't quite get it but i'm like it's getting there like it's gonna be there sooner than later <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you, um, a lot of folks are really interested in kind of how that feeds into the whole privacy thing with, or also, um, authenticity and trust with deep fakes, for example, it's like, how do you, like, if you're generating, you, you can have an actual actor do something and then you can superimpose somebody else's face or that student yeah. or, or, or the, 
you know, or the president like playing basketball or the president doing all these different activities that a student would do, but now they're they're deep faked into all of those activities. So maybe that president then would have a much better connection with those students if the students see that. Um, wouldn't that be really interesting? Or or having them speak in very different languages, like having those videos be in every different language, depending on who the student is and where they're coming from for international recruiting. So, yeah. so that's a really cool example of how can you use these AI models. Um, are you using Eleven Labs? I'm assuming for some stuff. I honestly haven't like gotten too deep down the video generative video rabbit hole. I've used Runway a little bit. Um, and that's, uh, that's as far as I've gotten. Yeah. 11 labs is a, as a, a audio synthesizer, basically it's, um, it, it's a voice, um, synthetic it generates a lot of synthetic audio. Right. And one of the things that they did recently is have, you can upload your, your voice in there and it can translate that into, um, you know, dozens and dozens of different languages and there's oh, also cool. another model that you can upload a video and you will translate it into different languages um, which is pretty cool right because now you can upload your finished video you can say you know what we can have this in spanish we can have it in japanese we can have it in chinese and and you don't have to record all that stuff in all those different languages so right. that's um, um anyways so 11 labs it's a pretty very cool uh a website where you can do some of that that audio I'll check that out. What is this? It's one of my favorite 11 as the uh, as the word 11 labs. Oh, 11 labs, okay. One of my favorite um Instagram accounts or TikToks account, accounts right now is like this um they take snippets from interviews with the singer Ice Spice and they <laughs> um and they impose president uh, Obama's face and voice and do it and so yeah. they just have him saying like just these like like rap culture stuff you know which is like yeah. so hilarious <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah i mean that's uh, that's pretty entertaining right it's like but as long as you know that you're being entertained and not uh watching a political figure you know telling you something that's super important on right like there's a there's a difference there so as entertainers yeah. or somebody who's producing content for education stuff like I'm sure you're more aligned with, hey, we're gonna use these tools not to defake, but just to tell the tell a different story, so to speak, right? And we're gonna tell For the sure. audience that this is this is not real. Like if we take that example of the president playing basketball or 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 playing football or or being the football co coach, and let's say they're the, the the chemistry teacher and whatever, you can still picture it being like coming back to the office and being. Oh man, I'm so tired, you know, doing all these different things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it. But that's a key point about storytelling is there's a whole ethics and storytelling kind of component yeah. to that. And, and like, I never want to misrepresent anyone whose story right. I'm telling. And that's very important to me because, um, having a narrative license, uh, where maybe you rephrase things and maybe it, you, you rephrase it in a way that didn't exactly happen in that chronological chronological order, but said that way, it's more easy to grasp. Uh, but then, you know, crossing that line is like 
completely misrepresenting what they said because it benefits you know the uh the agenda that you, that that you have as a marketer or what or or whatever so so yeah definitely definitely like ethics is a is a big component of, of storytelling uh cool well this has been such a great conversation artists um so where can people where can people connect with you and element at so i'm mostly on linkedin um just artists could do on linkedin or slash artists um and um element 451 is on just on our website element451.com uh, that's where most of the content and videos and, and other things get posted cool awesome well thanks so much man this has been a great conversation appreciate you being on the show thanks for having me this has been a blast uh, for our listeners reminder to sign up for our newsletter at unveiled.tv newsletter to access bonus content from this episode where artist tells us one tactic that they've been implementing at element 451 that has produced surprising results don't miss that uh all right that's it Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. Share it with your team, your boss, your dog, whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever, my email is john at unveiled.tv, john is spelled J-O-H-N, or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.